Yo, 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 I am your host, Rebecca, with First Steps to Sanity, and I will be here each week to give you the foundations, strategies, and witchy ways to help you gain confidence, manage your anxiety, and break the stigma by opening the conversation of mental health. So let's dive right into this week's episode. All right, so today we have Denise with Pretty Lovely You, and she's going to tell us all about her story and her experience with breast implant illness, and guys, it's going to be badass. So I want to hear from you, Denise. Go ahead and kickstart this. Tell me when you first started to kind of notice that you had this thing going on with you. Um, thank you, and thank you for having me on here, Rebecca. I, I'm so grateful that you asked me to be part of the show. And, um, yeah, so my journey, I was sick for many years. I had no idea why I had gotten my implants in 2006 and two years later, I had my first drop down drag out migraine that took me to the ER, pumped me full of pain meds and anti-inflammatories, um, had no idea why, and there was no explanation why. And from there on, my health just started to decline. And um, it went from just the migraines, it went from monthly to weekly to daily to um, my gallbladder went bad and had to be removed. My hair, I was losing my hair. Um, I was chronically sick with everything under the sun. Um, sinus infections, yeast infections, UTIs, um, constant colds, ear infections, you name it, I had it. And um, my doctors couldn't understand why I was always so sick. And um, I was tested for things like MS because my face was drooping, um, stroke, um, and ulcerative colitis, Crohn's, just because my body mimicked all of these things. And I, I had no idea what was going wrong with me. And um, what happened was, can I share my aha moment? 1000% yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened was um, I had gone through a journey of doing all of the Western medicine. And I thought, you know, all of this was good for me to do until I came to the end of the road of nothing was helping me. I mean, I was on so many different medications. I was getting 18 shots in my head for the migraines done with Botox. Um, and every time I would take something, um, it would stop working. And then, um, and every time it would stop working, the pain would go somewhere else or something else would come up. So it was bizarre. It was like my body was screaming at me that you haven't taken care of the problem. So we're going to go over here and we're going to yell louder um, until you figure this out. So, um, yeah, I, I, it was almost like a hammer being hit over my head. So I had listened to a podcast that our mutual friend Vanessa had um, shared with me a few months before I figured it all out. And I had just gone through a three-month gut healing, mind healing, spiritual healing program that was amazing. And it was all based on having migraines because that's what I thought was wrong with me. I had no idea that everything was related. And so I'd gone through that and she's like, hey, listen to this. I know you've had some issues um, with your health. Have a listen. And so I did. And it was Angelie's podcast. And she went on and on about on how she had her implants removed. And she did it for her health. And she felt so much better. And she felt more like herself. And she appreciated her body. And I was like, good for you. That's not me. <laughs> and um Lo and behold, it was me because within two, a month or two of that, I was at Vanessa's Amplify event and my anxiety started to, it was amping up. And um, within a couple of days of that, I remember being on the phone with somebody and saying, something is really wrong with me. Like, I feel like I can do a million things all at one time that I know is not humanly possible. I'm like, something, something is wrong. And they're like, no, you should embrace that. You should embrace being able to do all those things. And I was like, I don't think so. This isn't right. And um, so that I had had anxiety attacks in the past, but never quite to that level. So my body had shifted into, into my mind. 
And um, so it was within a month of that that the pain started back and um, the migraines were creeping back in. My face was starting to droop again. Um, I couldn't keep my eye open. My vision was going. And I, I couldn't understand it. Well, I'd gone to Publix that day. Gotta love Publix. And um, I was sitting in the parking lot after I put the groceries in the car. And I'm sitting there and the pain's coming on. And I'm crying. And I'm like, I don't understand what is wrong with me. And if I don't get this figured out, if I don't get this fixed, then I don't know what's going to happen to me, you know, and all these things are going through my head, my family, my dogs, my house, my life, my job. I'm like, something has got to give. And I literally sat there and I'm like, what's toxic in me? What's toxic in me? What's toxic? And I just kept saying it over and over and over. And then, and I get chills when I talk about it. And all of a sudden I went, it's the implants. And like, it had been months since I'd seen that podcast and I really didn't think, and I hadn't thought about it since. And um, so I Googled migraines and implants and my phone blew up. And it was like all these things that had happened to women um, and because of their implants. And I started reading my gallbladder going bad, um, my immune system not being detectable anymore. Like I was getting meningitis and pneumococcal boosters so that I could have an immune system. Um, just all this stuff. And I was like, this is me. This is what is going wrong with me. And so I actually messaged Vanessa and she knew of groups. I, I don't know how or why she knew of these groups, but she knew of these groups. And so she forwarded me to them and I had to shut them down after two days because it was so overwhelming. My decision was made. I was getting them out. And so on that Monday, that was a Saturday, on Monday, I started calling surgeons and I called this one in Sarasota and she's supposed to be amazing. Dr. Marguerite, I think her name is, but she couldn't see me. This was March. She couldn't see me until October to just even see me. And um, I remember being on the phone with the nurse and I said, and I don't know where the words came from. I was like, I won't make it. I, I don't know why, but I'm, I won't make it till October. And I had no idea what the words meant and they scared me and I'd never said them before. And I wasn't, I, I hadn't said them since. And um, I hung up the phone and I'm like, I'm going to say a prayer that the surgeon who put them in is going to believe me and he'll take them out. So I called his office. Two weeks later, I was in his office. Two weeks later, I had them out. It wasn't even a thought about not having them out. And I'm like, or how my body was going to look or a concern about, you know, any of that. So, of course, I had them out and I started to feel better immediately, which is normal for most women who explant. Um, but I also knew that there was going to be a road ahead of me. Like there's flare ups. Um, there's a lot of stuff your body has to detox. But what I didn't know is the emotional side of explanting and the effects it has on women. And that's, that is a big part of this is going deep in your mind. And in between explanting and um, after I had them, well, before explanting and um, having them out, um, I had been nominated for an award. Um, through Alpha House of Pinellas, um, where I was on the board and volunteering, but somebody had nominated me for their Butterfly Award. And I, you know, for me, I was very humbled by it, but it was on my journey to health and how I helped others despite it all. And I was always giving back. And to me, I still wasn't well. Like at that point in my life, I was still dealing with a lot of health issues, but I was like, thank you for for nominating me, but it was very strange for me. And so in the meantime, I had had them out and I was writing my speech. And at the end of the speech is where I had said my journey was all about the lessons. And um, my biggest lesson to learn in all of this was the fact that I lacked confidence and I had poor self body image. And I got up in front of a room full of 100 people who I, they kind of knew my story. They had seen me, 
um, along the way. Some people didn't know me at all. And I shared this with all of them. And I was shaking. Like, I mean, I, I watched the video. And my voice was good. Um, I think I, I choked up once. But my knees were just like, they were like going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, um, but I was like, I am determined to help other, not only myself, but other women so they don't go through what I have gone through. And um, I've been doing that ever since. But on this journey, like I have done some deep therapy um, because of BII takes you into depression. Um, I've had some really bad days. It takes you into heightened anxiety where you feel like, and I've only really heard of one or two other women who have had this where you literally like, underneath your skin, it's like this vibration level. Um, it, it's insane. Um, your mind is going a million miles an hour and all you can do is curl up in a ball on your bed and just pray for it to stop. Um, so I've learned a lot of self-care, um, like taking Epsom salts baths, um, meditation, um, calming music. Um, I've done EFT, I've done all sorts of different things to work with my mind um, as well as working. And I didn't know this was even possible. I have a new naturopathic who's been working with me on, it's kind of detoxing your brain, um, but she has naturopathic stuff that she puts me on that helps to get my brain um, functioning better. Cause I had a, a brain delay where my thoughts, like I'd be thinking and it would take me just like a nanosecond to actually follow through with whatever was going on in my mind, which was very, very frustrating. Um, with what I was doing. So it's been quite an empowering journey. And, you know, as hard as it was for me um, to have gone through all of this, but to have been sick for so many years, I feel like um, that I was put on this path for a reason, because I would never have learned these lessons that I've learned unless I had gone through it. And I certainly wouldn't be on the path to helping others in this way. I always like volunteering and giving back. But my empathy level and um, just wanting to help other women to grow from this, either from helping women to love who they are before they go down the road that I've gone down or even afterwards. So it's been pretty, it's been pretty empowering, I have to say. So, so that's pretty much um, what happened in a nutshell um, throughout that. But it's taken now two years. A year and a half I'm out um, with the implants and I still have bad days and good days um, and I'm thankful for all of my good days. Um, I've gone back to school. Um, I hope to have my finish my degree middle of this year um, and I've started my businesses. So I've tried to take something that was hard for me and turn it into a positive. So and I think that's something that if we all learn to do that, to take whatever that um, maybe has held us back or we think has held us back um, and then grow from it, we kind of bloom into this amazing human being that we were supposed to be. So, yeah, so it's it's been quite the journey, <laughs> I have to say. I loved listening to this. This is like one of my favorite things I've heard recently from all of my interviewees because like, I have like three three uh, index cards full of notes, just so you know. <laughs> all the time I had to put myself on mute because I'm like, I don't want them to just hear me writing. Like, they're like, what is she doing? Is she like writing a term paper over there? <laughs> Larry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, so I can actually talk about it now without, although it gets me sometimes, I can talk about it without welling up, but you know, that's one thing I never cried really. I went through a moment of crying when my stepdaughter passed away 10 years ago and, um, and then I shut it all down. Like there was all this stuff that happened to me on the journey. And I think that's part of it is that, um, all the things that were suppressed down in us, um, along the way. Um, as we're explanting or after we explant, like all these things that, that we've gone through, all of a sudden start to bubble up. And they say that, because um, you go through the layers of detox, 
And in my opinion, as you go through those layers, you're not just physically healing, you're emotionally healing. And then you have all this scar tissue and whether it's scar tissue from breast implant illness surgery. I mean, mind you, I had one, I had them replaced in 2011. And that's when my gallbladder went bad was when I had them replaced. Um, so one, two, three, four, like four surgeries so far um, on my chest. So that's a lot of scar tissue. And um, through all the healing modalities that I've done, um, they've shared with me that not only does it hold toxins in there, but it also holds emotions. So as your body um, releases the scar tissue, because I'm doing scar tissue therapy, um, it's also the emotions just well up and it's something you have to deal with. You, you really shouldn't push them back down because once you start dealing with all of those emotions, acknowledging them and really feeling them, allowing them to sit for a minute um, and then kind of saying, thank you for being there and say, it's time for you to go. Um, cause you've got someone else you need to be or someone better. I should say you need to be not someone else, but, um, so yeah, so that's something that I had no idea that I was in for on this journey was, um, all of the emotions that, that come with it. And, um, I think a lot of women don't realize it and I, having somebody acknowledge that you are going to go through a lot emotionally through it. Um, it, it's really helpful. So, yeah. How long did you have your implants for? Um, well, I got them in 2006 and my first set were saline. Of course I was told they were safe. Um, and I even, cause I didn't have a strong immune system. Um, I remember, I mean, I was the typical, I wouldn't say typical, but 18 or 19 year old, I was always self-conscious of my body. Um, I always felt it's weird because when I was 11, I, I wanted to put weight on. Like I felt I was too skinny. I saw my friends growing and blossoming and I was a stick. Um, and then by the time I was 18 or 19, I turned anorexic and bulimic. So I'd gone down to 90, 90 pounds um, and I'm 5'4". So there's only one picture I saw of me when I was really, really bad. And of course I had big hair because this was 1990, 1990. And um, so I had this big poofy hair. I looked like a Q-tip. Um, <laughs> I, um, I was like, what was I thinking? But in my head, and I didn't know there was a term for it. It's called dysmorphia. I had no idea. When I looked in the mirror, I saw something completely different than what other people saw. And I saw everything I thought was wrong with my body. Um, and over time I tried to, you know, I worked hard, I got my weight up, um, and, you know, I had overcome that and I've never looked back since, um, I now weigh probably 118 to 120 now, and I'm very happy with that. And, um, but definitely I had issues when I was younger. I also had Epstein's-Barr virus. Um, I had mono at 17. I got mono again at 19. Um, you know, my thyroid, I had hyperthyroidism through my 20s. Um, and strangely enough, it just kind of went away over time. Like they would kept doing blood work and they're like, your thyroid's fine. But at 36, I decided to get the implants after four years after my divorce. Thought it would make me beautiful. Thought it was something I had always wanted. So I went and had it done. They said it was safe. I would be okay. And I was not okay. And I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, when women tell me they're going to get implants, I kind of go, Ugh. and it, it's not because I think they're doing something wrong. It's just because I know of what can happen to them. And I don't want to see them go through it. I would rather them try to come to terms with the fact of why they're actually wanting to get them. Um, versus taking the risk of becoming super ill. And for some women, they say they're, they're not ill and they're fine, but there could be things that are wrong that I never would have thought what I was going through had anything to do with my implants. I mean, I went into early menopause. I mean, there was just so many things that you would not associate with your breast implants. But I had them redone in 2011 with silicone. They had 
come back on the market in 2006 after I had my saline put in. And they said, when I went back in to have them redone because they had turned hard and I didn't know, I didn't know that when they turn hard that that's, that's a problem. Um, so I had them removed and had the silicone ones put in and that's when everything kind of just exploded. And what I didn't know, because I had thought, well, the saline's safe, it's just water when I first had, but this, the shell on all implants is silicone. And um, so it's, it's kind of crazy because no matter what is on the inside, because some women have the gummies, there's different kinds of implants. And the shell on all of them is that silicone and that's leaching into your body. And it's filled with like, so many toxins, it's insane. And um, the women I feel for who have seriously compromised um, immune systems, whether it's from cancer and having gone through all of that and then they haven't put in. And I, I have friends who they've gone through just that. And those are the women I really feel for um, because they end up worse um, with the breast implant illness, some of them have said, than they were with their cancer. And I'm like, the cycle at some point has to stop and, you know, either one, I know I can't change the world on, at this point in time, on women loving their bodies as they are, but it would be nice if they came out with something safer. And, but one thing they are doing now, a group of women and the BII community, breast implant illness community are doing is creating awareness. Um, and they're behind the scenes doing the um, legislative work to get things like um, having the black box warning um, put on it so that women are fully aware of how toxic these things can be and can make their own decision for their own bodies. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of change that's coming about for it or against it um, as far as the implants are concerned. Um, I wish I would have known, but I, you know, back in the day at 36, I don't know how much I would have listened. Like I went in and did it and I really didn't tell anybody. It was like, I'm getting implants. <laughs> and that was it. And um, so it's really hard when a woman has made up her mind that this is something she wants to do. It's just a shame that it's not looked at um, more closely to be something safer for women. So... So yeah, it's kind of crazy because I hear a lot of the times women will say, but I have saline. I'm like, yeah, that's still not safe. Um, and what they don't know is even when the saline ruptures, it's, it's inside your body. These things are in your body. They're over your heart and your lungs. So that was the other thing is that I couldn't take a deep breath of air for the entire, that started almost immediately. I couldn't get air into my lungs, like a full deep breath. I'd have to like turn my head and take a breath and that's how I could get, so I had to stop running because of it. Um, but yeah, they, they don't realize that they're, they're putting them over vital organs. And then if that saline does leak, um, a lot of the times, cause they're so heated up in your body, um, some of them have mold inside of them. So then there's mold that leaks into women's bodies. So these are the things that they don't share with you when they say, you know, I heard a, a, um, an ad, a commercial on the radio the one day, and it was right after I explanted, I just wanted to like go to this plastic surgeon's office and scream because the ad was, um, do you want to look better in a dress? Do you want to look better in your bathing suit this summer? Do you want more confidence and feel better about your body? Come see us and have breast augmentation done. And I went, oh my gosh. <laughs> And it was everything that I am now opposed to is what they were sharing with women that they should do in order to love who they are. And that is exactly what you should not do if you love who you are. Um, you should learn to love your body because of its functionality. And it doesn't mean that you have to, and that's one thing um, we're big on saying, it doesn't mean you have to be like, okay, well, this is how I am. You can become healthier, you can exercise, you can eat better. Um, you know, if, if you want to lose weight in a healthy way, yeah, go ahead and do that. That'll make you feel better. That'll make your health better. Um, and the, on the same token, if, to gain weight, if you need to gain weight, um, the opposite way too. 
Um, so doing things that are healthy to your body shows how much you love your body and your body hears that your subconscious mind hears that, um, and it knows, and it's going to react better to it. But, um, yeah, so there's so many, so many things that go with BII and that what we deal with afterwards and how much we grow afterwards. It's incredible. I never, I'm going to be honest. I've never looked into, um, breast implants because I, I'm the opposite. I, I can't wait to get mine like taken away, <laughs> but I don't want to, um, like I want to breastfeed because I, I always make this joke with my fiance. I'm like, look, I did not lug these bitches around for the majority of my life to not have them work for the purpose that I want them for. I will be pissed. <laughs> yeah. And, and see, and I think that's awesome. That's amazing. Cause you are actually looking at them from the perspective of why you have them. You have them so that you can feed your children. And that is the purpose of breasts. Um, but it's a different mindset too. I feel like I never had the jokes. Like I had a best friend that had um, like a size boobs and I've been like double D's, like the smallest I can remember being. Mm -hmm. And she got made fun of for that. And I'm like, why? Like, yeah. what does it matter? Like, there's all these nasty jokes about it. And I never had to experience any of that because, like, I was always, like, the guys look at me and go, oh, I can see down her shirt. This is great. Yeah. But, like, then you have the other side where I could never be as skinny as she was. Yeah. Like, there's mm -hmm. no way. My hips are, literally, my hips will protrude out at a size eight. And I look, like, on my hips, like, I'm freaking anorexic. And I'm like, I can't do anything about that. Like I will always, I will never be a size zero. It's just not possible for me. So I had like a different thing where it's like, man, I wish I could be that small. And she's sitting over here like, I wish I could be that mm -hmm. size. Like I wish I could have her butt or her boobs or whatever. And it's just so infuriating. Like, why can't we just look in the mirror and go, wow, I have this and I love this. And this is me. And it's just society has like, oh my God, I see those stupid billboards in Tampa where it's literally just a woman's boobs. And it's like, come see Dr. Costello if you want something as perfect as this. Those aren't perfect. They're fake. Yeah, they're not real. And, and it it's crazy. Pretty, well, what's, you know, and I didn't realize it, but when I was signing the paperwork, because I actually had a lift done when I had my implants taken out, because <clears throat> I was a D <clears throat> and I went back down to an A. When you do that, you have to have something to pull that skin up. Um, <clears throat> so he actually, excuse me, he had put in a polypropylene material in me for an internal lift. Well, my body reacted badly. And at the time I, I wasn't aware that my body was gonna reject anything that was put inside me at that point. And so he put that in me and I had it, had to have it taken out a year later because I was, I literally one day, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't walk. My eyes were golf balls. And, you know, I wish at that point I would have just resided to, and I think I was still going through what I was going through, that it is what it is. And I want my health. But again, I didn't know what I didn't know about all of it, about having things in your body you don't need to have in, having surgery done that, you, you know, you don't need, um, you know, and I think I was still in the mindset of the billboards like that you talk about, that regardless, I, I still wanted to, to look a certain way. And, um, and I've completely changed that now. So it's, it's an actually a really, really great way to feel. Um, but yeah, I, I can remember back when I was a teenager, um, I probably, I know, gosh, in my junior high years, I, you know, I was super, super self-conscious about myself because I wasn't growing like the other girls did. I remember a boy um, talking to his friend and he was, you know, I was probably, I don't know, a good 20, 30 paces behind them, but I could hear their conversation. And he was like, yeah, like Denise, she's built like a brick house. Ha, ha, ha. And I went, what? And he was like, oh, I meant, I meant, you know, like the song, like a brick house. And I was like, and I knew what he meant, like flat as a, the side of a house. Because um, there was no way he could have meant otherwise. Um, so he was embarrassed by his comments. So yeah, so things that 
it, it's pretty incredible how brazen people can be. Um, granted, he was a teenage boy at the time. Um, so I, you know, there's some slack there. But um, as we grow into an adult, their people tend to speak their mind about other people's bodies. Um, and it's like, mind yourself, mind who you are, unless you have something to offer them that is constructive or healthy. And don't just blurt out. Let's like just walking up to somebody and saying, hi, you're this. And it's like, you know, it, it takes you back and there's no reason for, for people to do that. Um, but I think as a society as a whole, um, it happens a lot. Cause I remember being told um, as an adult, you know, 20s moving forward, oh, um, you know, your butt isn't in shape enough. Um, or, um, you know, I'm, I'm very, very pale. <clears throat> I remember going to the beach and men would just flat out, some I knew, some I didn't. Oh my gosh, you're so white. Like, you know, like there was something wrong with me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Um, which made me super self-conscious to wear a bikini or wear shorts or wear a skirt without having a spray tan. And I literally got to the point in my 30s and early 40s where I would not go to the beach, go on a boat, um, or wear shorts, wear a skirt, wear a dress unless I had a spray tan. And there's a lot of chemicals in that. So that was not helping my health either. But... I was allowing these people to set my mindset and um, that's not an easy thing to break. And so now, I mean, if somebody says it to me now after what I've been through, you know, I, instead of coming back, cause I was always like, I wish I could come back with a comment at them. And I'm like, no, cause that's not gonna make me feel any better if I come back with something negative towards them. I, now it's gonna be like, why? you know, why, why did you feel compelled to say that to me? You know, what, because it's usually a reflection of themselves as to something they're insecure about with themselves. So they project it onto you. And, um, you know, I'm fine with my skin. I'm fine with my freckles. I'm fine. I wish my hair was more red like it used to be, but I lost the color in it when I had my implants. Um, and it's finally coming back around now. Um, but, you know, I love all these things that at one point or another were made fun of. And I feel like it's completely changing my own appearance because my body knows that I actually care. I'm standing up for it. I don't worry about what others think anymore. I'm going to do the best for me today. And I'm going to accept where I am today and move forward to be a healthier version. So... It's just disgusting how like so many people think they could even speak up on somebody else's body. Like I'm the kind of person that I go into the bathroom and I'll see a girl just like, you know, you know what it looks like because you do it yourself kind of a thing where you see somebody standing in front of a mirror and they just they're ripping themselves apart inside and you know they're doing it. Yeah. And I always like immediately look at them and try to find one, at least one thing that I'm like, holy shit, that's amazing. I love that you have this or that you look like this or your hair is great or, oh my God, I could never do my eye makeup like that. I know it's superficial, but I feel like in that moment, it's going to kind of pull them out of that thought spiral that they're in and be like, this random ass bitch just came up to me in a bathroom to tell me she likes something about me. That is so nice. <laughs> yeah. And it is, you know, and I've done the same now, like, and I'll just do it randomly anywhere now, whether it be, but I'm, I'm big on it doing in the ladies room when you see somebody saying something nice about another female, because you know, most of us, the majority of us will go in there and be like, oh my gosh, my hair what the heck is wrong with my hair? Why didn't it go well today? And, uh, this makeup, I can't do my makeup right. Or, and, and, you know, looking at yourself in the dress after you've had it on for an hour and being like, oh, my body, why, why can't it be better? You know, why are my hips like this? Why are my boobs like this? Um, and, and we just tear ourselves down and you're right. We don't say it out loud, <clears throat> but all these, if, if the voices could speak in the women's bathroom of what we are saying to ourselves, it is insane. Um, 
there are so many negative thoughts. So that is like so awesome that you do that. And I love doing that. Um, and I love doing it now just, I mean, it's just sometimes the simple things that you can do acknowledging people, saying hello, like making eye contact, giving a smile, saying, oh my gosh, I love your dress. Um, I go through the grocery store aisle and there's young girls there and some of them will have their hair. It's, it's different, but it's cool. And I mean, I'm 51 years old and I'm like, I love your hair. That is super cool. And for them to have that remark made to them, that compliment made to them from somebody from an older generation, they just beam. They just love it. Um, there was one girl who had um, bright pink eyeshadow on. Not something I would wear. It's just not me. She, she rocked it. She was looking really good. And I, I was like, I love how you do your makeup. That looks so cool. And she was like, some people make fun of me. And I'm like, just keep being you. I'm like, I love it. You're doing, it it's great. And, but immediately right there, people are making fun of me. And I'm sure somebody did that day. I'm sure whether it's a coworker, a friend, or a customer, somebody said something to her that made her feel that way that day. And I'm glad that I said something to her because I'm glad she didn't go to the bathroom and wash it off. So she stayed true to her. So, yeah. I but, love doing it with moms too. Like, you know, when they're kids like freaking out, <laughs> I just like to stop and be like, you're a great mom. I could never be that patient in this situation. Like I would lose my shit. You were doing amazing. And it's just like such a, like, you can just see the positivity going through them and they're like, wow. Okay. All right. I got this. I can handle this. And it just like stops them in that just negative thoughts, man, of like, oh my God, my kid's freaking out in a grocery store. Take a number. Everyone's does it at some point. Like I don't have kids and I know that every kid is freaking out in a grocery store and you can't do anything about it. Like, what are you going to do? Like body slam your kid? No, like, <laughs> but it's yeah. just so fun to like go and pick out people and be like, she needs something said to her today. That's positive and just yeah. make a difference in somebody's life. Because anytime it's happened to me, it makes my whole freaking week. Yeah, I still have a post-it note from an Uber Eats driver that said, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Because I was like, that's so cute. <laughs> that's so nice. Yeah, it just sits on my kitchen counter and my fiance is like, are you going to throw this out? And I'm like, no, leave it. No. <laughs> I want it there. Exactly. <laughs> who does that? Like, I get Uber Eats, like, way more than I probably should. But <laughs> and nobody's <laughs> ever done that. I thought that was so cute. It is. And you know what? is that when somebody does it for us, then we pay it forward and then they pay it forward. And it's just cool on how little things like that, it's not necessarily the grand gestures, it's the small ones that really make a difference for us. Um, you know, it's, it's the smiles, it's the thank yous, it's the, you know, uplifting compliment. Um, it's acknowledging hard work um, that somebody's put into something that, you know, when you see somebody who's starting up a small business or something, reaching out to them and saying, I notice what you're doing and you are, you are really rocking it. You can tell you are working hard at this. There's got to be, I know how much effort you're putting into this and you are doing great. And all that for someone, and I know it based on what I'm doing, I'm sure you know it based on what you're doing, that gesture is what keeps you going. And then you pass it forward to somebody else. And I, you know, I've watched for so many years, women are the worst at pulling each other down. I've said it for so long and I say it even more so now that if we could actually learn to lift each other up, we could be so amazing <clears throat> as a group that there's nothing we can accomplish. But we all know it, we, we've seen it where, and I've felt it where I've gone into a place and you get those eyes up and down, like you're looked over and immediately you're, you're thinking, oh my gosh, what, what's wrong with me? Am I dressed wrong? Is my hair wrong? And you're going into the spiral of think, trying to think of what they were thinking. For all you know, they could think, oh my gosh, she looks great. But instead of coming up to me and saying, hey, you look great. I love your outfit. Um, you know, it could be they made snarky remarks about you or something like that. It could go either way. It could be just in your mind of you thinking because somebody did that to you or they could actually say it. But 
if women could learn to uplift each other, not think of each other as competitors, um, embrace who we are as women, um, there isn't anything we can't accomplish. I truly, truly believe that. We could take over the world, which is probably why, like, and I know this is such a, I wouldn't say feminist, but like over extreme feminist thing to say. This is why the men told us like, to pin each other against each other. They're like, they can't be friends. They're too strong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but the other side of the coin is, is that I've had friends who, you know, they were like, Denise, I don't know why you ever got implants. You were beautiful as you are. I tried to tell you. And so there are, there are these group of men out there who, who don't want to see women tear each other down. And there are a group out there who, who, like you said, who want to see it. And I think as we start to change, like we're going to bring out the, of the woodwork, the men who really want to see us uplifted, um, who are going to back us up and raise us high. And um, so those are the men who, you know, I try to not seek out, but be part of the tribe um, as well, because yeah. they're out there. We know they're out there. And sometimes I think, you know, they, and you hear from men and they'll, they'll, they'll pay a compliment to a woman and we'll be like, no, like we, we reject the compliment. And so then they get frustrated. And I think as women, we need to stop rejecting the compliments that are paid to us. We need to say, you know, we need to be like, thank you. I feel great today. Or thank you. I feel pretty today. And I really appreciate you saying that and maybe paying it back. Um, instead of saying, oh my, you know, if they say you look really good in that dress. Oh my gosh, no, I look fat. It's, a, it's an immediate um, that we're going to say something back negative about ourselves. And I think potentially the mindset of some men will change in wanting to uplift us if we actually grow in confidence in ourselves. So I think there's, there's something to be said for a change in that manner. Absolutely. And, you know, it took me a lot, but when I found my fiance, I thought that I'm not going to lie. I thought he was kind of bullshitting about the whole, like, yeah, women rock. And then I met his family and I realized like his whole family's like that because his mom mm -hmm. was the breadwinner. She was the one running around and making all the money. And the dad was the one that's kind of chilling and helping out more around the house. They had a completely reverse dynamic. So they look at it like, my mom was like an amazing woman who could do anything. Why couldn't you? That's awesome. That's and it was awesome. so like, it was so weird too. Cause for their generation, like that was like 30 years ago that they got together. Yeah. So it's so yeah. unusual, but no, he's, he's always been like the kind that's like, yeah, go out there, go do it. And he sees me compliment women and he'll go and do it sometimes, but he's kind of standoffish about it. I mean, understandably he's low. Cause he's like, I don't want to be that creepy guy that like <laughs> makes them uncomfortable. And then they're like, now I have to leave Publix. This weird dude with a beard just said something nice to me. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't want to like freak anybody out. But like, if I see somebody upset, I don't want to be like ignoring them either so, right. yeah so it's kind of yeah. hard too and I never thought about that but it's hard for a guy to go and compliment a girl if he doesn't know her because I mean we are like in danger so much with so many yeah. different people like there's so many stories out there of you know a guy complimenting a girl and a girl saying thank you and trying to walk away next thing you know he's following her and horrible things are happening and it's hard to like take a compliment from a guy and not get that immediate reaction of like are you gonna try to kidnap me when I go put my groceries in my car later like yeah yeah and and it's a shame that society has become that because these guys who are true and earnest and just wanting to share the love and then you know do something positive and pay it forward kind of feel like you know, and, and it's possibly because we do have that guard up um, and trying to keep ourselves protected. Um, we're in, to some degree, when we're out, we're almost in a fight or flight mode because um, we're always looking around. We're always making sure everything is safe. That's just who we are as women. It's, it's part of us. And, um, it, and especially in today's day and age. So it is, it is a shame that so much of that happens because there are um, truly good men out there who mean it, who just want to say something nice, who aren't creepers, who, um, you know, they're just kind people. And 
you know, they, they really do get put off putting, giving out compliments because, um, cause sometimes our reaction can be, um, yeah, not so nice. And I've, I've actually had to explain that to some men and they're like, you know, I never thought of it from that perspective that you guys are hesitant. Um, I mean, there's two sides of it. One, either we turn around and say something negative about ourselves and dump on their compliment they just gave to us. Or two, they, um, they didn't understand our fear factor. You know, I remember, what was it, a year, two years ago, I was coming from a sushi place and there's a, an alley. It was in the middle of the day. It was like four or five o'clock, complete daylight. And, um, you know, it's a small stretch of an alleyway. Well, I went past this door and I just had this weird, weird feeling. And I'm like, something's not right. And so I walked to the other side of the, the road. And as I got down to the corner, the sidewalk, which wasn't that far away, I heard this guy yelling, hey, hey, pretty girl, hey. And I booked it to my car, like no looking back. I knew he was yelling at me, you come back here. And there was nothing stopping me, but things like that happen. And um, so, yeah, so we're on constant alert of things that can happen to us. And it's, it's kind of a shame. Yeah, it is. But like, then you got that creepy guy that's sitting out of the door, like, come back here. Nope, nope, yeah. not doing it. <laughs> no, no. So yeah, but I, you know, I think over time, one thing that I've found is that as I've grown, like as I've gone through, because I mean, I've done, like I said, I've done so many different things. Like I've done hypnotherapy, talk therapy, EFT, I did a radical forgiveness workshop for which I cried for three days afterwards, the most powerful cry I've had in a long time. Um, and it was learning to forgive me and forgiving others without actually, I was forgiving them in my own mind. Like they didn't have to, I didn't have to say anything to them. So it was really powerful, but I've done that. I've done aura energy clearing, um, which was that in itself was the most cleansing thing I've ever done. And I want to do more of it in the future because you really get rid of a lot of bad energy that's, that's around you. And I think when you start to get rid of the bad energy, the people who have bad energy stop, you start, stop attracting them to you and you start attracting a whole different kind of people. And, um, so yeah, so I haven't really had bad experiences. I've noticed people who, um, I knew in the past stop circling in my circle because you know who they are like they, there are these people out there who it's like a revolving door of coming back to you and I finally shut I honestly think that um, yeah that the more that you learn to clear your energy and make way for um, positive energy like you release it so you're making room for other people in your world and then the impact that you have on people, possibly those who have had negative energy about them, who, who do want to change, because you can't change somebody. They, they're people who want to change, but they're watching you, and then they change because of you. It's, it's awesome to see that, because that's actually happened. I saw somebody over the course of six months now who I had no idea um, was taking to heart things I was saying, because um, I was just speaking my mind, not necessarily at them, and um, about ways to treat people, about um, being positive towards people, uplifting people, um, how to be a real leader for people, and it's not by um, powering over them, but it's by um, truly having empathy and compassion and wanting for them to grow, like really wanting it, and that person actually came up to me and thanked me, like, out of nowhere. And I was like, wow, that means a lot. That meant a lot. So at that point I knew it wasn't something I was consciously doing. It was, it was a compliment to all the work that I've done and how much I've grown. So I was super grateful for that. But which, um, can I share something? Yeah, of course. The one thing that I have learned from this is um, how much gratitude and journaling and meditation, like those three things have been so key and instrumental because I've noticed whenever 
I've gotten into a bad space, um, usually I've stopped doing those things. And, um, but every day, first thing in the morning, or it could be in the evening, um, I journal, like I'll write down, I'll put on paper what is going on in my world. And then um, I'll write down my gratitude list, 10 to 20 things that I am grateful for. And doing your gratitude sets the tone for, it's not about gratitude of what we never write down what we're grateful for 10 days ago or a year ago we're grateful for what's happening to us right now and then focusing on those things is what helps us to move forward and that's what sets the tone and the the pace and the path of where we're going to go um and it, it completely shifts your focus off of the negatives um and then i write down my affirmations and i tell myself every day I am strong, I am beautiful, I am intelligent, I am caring, I am loving. And I just write them out, whatever I feel in that moment. And I'll do a five minute meditation. It's not like it takes me long. Um, so the whole thing lasts me 15 minutes. And my day from when I do that to when I don't is so different. Even if I'm in pain that day from a flare up or things aren't going right with customers or whatever it is. Um, my ability to handle it is completely different. So I think if there's one thing I can share for women or men, for that matter, to do is to, to journal, to do gratitude, to do meditation and make it a part of your daily practice. I a thousand percent agree with that. It has changed so much. And like with anxiety too, I feel like we're always on the go running, always at this high, high, high energy level where even like if you're sitting and you're laying down or something, like your insides are still just on overwire. And when you stop and you meditate, even for like, I, I have like a three minute meditation for when I'm like, look, I ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> and it's just relaxing. You come out, you're in a completely calm down, slowed down state. And one day I actually thought about it and I was like, you know, that is the only time of the day that I am slow that I'm mm -hmm. not running and I'm not freaking out. And I have all these thoughts coming up in my head and it's not, you know, what everyone has this conception that meditation quotation should be. Right. Um, but it still makes huge changes. I mean, literally just stopping and sitting in stillness for one minute while really focusing on your breath can change the whole attitude of your day. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. A hundred percent. So yeah, and I've noticed, because um, I, I still go to church every week, and in the past, I think, years past, like, I would go, it was almost out of obligation, but now I go to hear something, and for me, you know, people could listen to podcasts that they find uplifting, or they can listen to whatever, but for me, you know, you find whatever works for you, and I go once a week, and that hour of no phone of sitting, listening to something, a positive message, of taking time to, like, I'll notice when I go in, I, um, I have anxiety or whatever, and I'll notice it, and I'll start to slow down. But taking time, whatever it is, whether it's through yoga or meditation or but just taking time to slow down is huge because we're, like, always on the go. Social media is always on the go. We're always, you know, there's always going to be kids and, um you know, partners and things that have to be done at the house and your job and, you know, on and on and on. And you've got to take that time to slow it all down. Our minds weren't meant to go at such a high level constantly. And um, you'll find so much more peace and happiness when you do. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So what's one of your, um, your favorite books or podcasts or whatever you use for your own personal development that has really helped you during this journey? Favorite books, anything by Dr. Brene Brown. Um, I love her works. Um, yeah, she, um, and I think I listened to her on Audible and she talks a lot about shame and guilt, things that nobody wants to talk about. And she does it in such a way that you actually kind of laugh. You laugh at yourself, you laugh together. Um, so I, I would recommend her highly, highly as far as, um, yeah, um, books. Um, and I have like 
an incredible amount that I have read. So there's probably so many. I'm glad you asked that question, but there are so many. Um, but I think hers are the ones that that stay, stand out to me. Um, the other one is, and I'm trying to think of the name of it, by um, Byron Katie. Um, and, oh, Loving What Is, I believe is the name of it. And, um, yeah, it's, it's about not worrying about all the things that are out there, the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, but loving what is, like what is here right now in this moment and letting everything else go because you can't change it. Um, you know, maybe it'll change on its own um, and maybe something you have done is an influence for it but you can't set yourself out to change other things um, because it could go either way. Um, and then if you do go out to do that, you need to be mindful of the fact that it could go either way. But so just loving what is and loving who you are and appreciating who you are and not taking to heart what other people say or do, um, you know, it, it'll completely change your mindset. So yeah. Uh, and, and the more I'm thinking about it, I'm like, oh, there's so many others, um, books by Colin <laughs> Tipping. I know, I'm like, yeah, you, you, it, it's kind of crazy the amount of books that I listen to. <laughs> oh, it's the same. Like, I have a goal this year to read um, 52 personal development books. And then on mm -hmm. top of that, like, I don't read, I refuse to read personal development books after seven o'clock at night. Because then it just gets my mind going on all these different ideas. And it's so much harder for me to like chill and go to bed. Yeah. So like after seven, I switched to like novels, <laughs> which I didn't used to do until like six months ago because I was, I used to only read novels and then I read only personal development books. And I was like, man, I kind of miss like reading a story that you just mm -hmm. lose yourself in. And I was like man, I don't care what they say about hitting your goals. F that. I'm freaking reading novels. Like I'm sick of it. 10 o'clock at night. I have to like carry like a huge notebook with me to bed because I keep having all these ideas. And then my mind's yeah. just going a million miles a minute. I don't sleep well. So like I had to make the rule because I'm, I'm too addicted. I'm a big reader. So yeah. And I mean, that's awesome, but you're right. You've got to shut it down at some point. And I think you know, reading the novels is something fun for us and self-development is great, but we have to remember that, um, you know, reading novels is like a movie in your mind. So it's allowing the creativity to flow and without having it be over, over anything, like it, it just is. And so it's just like going out and enjoying yourself, whether it be a walk on the beach or, um, you know, watching a cool movie or, you know, taking a walk, whatever it is, or going out dancing. It's just something fun. And maybe it'll make you smile. Maybe it'll make you laugh, whatever it is, but you got to have some fun in your life and you got to do things that you enjoy. And there's got to be some sort of balance with it because otherwise um, you just get too immersed in it. And that's not healthy either. I love this episode. I feel like we talked about so much and like, no. we've only been on here for like an hour, but we've discussed so many different things. Like someone's going to listen to this episode and just have their whole life changed forever. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be amazing. Um, if no. that's you, feel free to leave a comment below. Cause I'm curious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, welcome to the BII world. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's, it's awesome. I don't even have it. And I kind of just want to join the groups and just like, listen to everybody and like, see how amazing they all are. Cause yeah. this, this is serious. Like it's one thing to gain confidence and start to love yourself. It's a whole nother thing to realize, like you have to now come over this major low self-esteem moment where you went and got, you know, work mm -hmm. done on yourself. And then it ended up hurting yourself. I mean, there's so much guilt. I have so much guilt about overeating. Like I could not possibly imagine the amount of like guilt that somebody could have over that. And then to be able to overcome it and come on here and tell people about it. I mean, that's amazing. That's so inspiring. And it's just crazy. Cause yeah, I know how we all beat ourselves up and yeah. I'm just in awe. It's a completely different level. And you are so freaking beautiful. Like you, you do not need anything done. I've been sitting here thinking, I was like, you're like that kind of, um, <laughs> remind me of my mom and not because of age, but because 
he, she doesn't think she's pretty, but you don't really have barely any makeup on that I can see through the camera and your hair is just natural and you just look comfortable and relaxed and confident in yourself. And I love it. Like it is, you know, you kind of make me regret not turning this into a video. Because everybody oh, go on and see it and be like, she's so beautiful. Why did she do this? Well, look in the mirror because you are too. Like exactly. And I and I think, you know, we will sit there and say about other women and we'll say they're so beautiful because we see it in them and um, but we don't see it in ourselves. And I think that was part of the process of me is that I had to see it in me. Nobody, nobody no matter how much people would have told me before, I didn't see it. And a lot of it was the reflection of what was going on in my insides showing up on the outside for me. That's what I was seeing where, you know, all the toxic things that were going on in my mind or maybe how my body wasn't functioning properly, um, you know, towards the end of when I had the implants, I posted pictures on my social media today because today, today, um, February 13th, when we, when we're recording this is actually BII awareness day. And oh, so I thought, for real? <laughs> yeah. so I thought it was pretty powerful when I, I was like, oh my gosh, she's having me on this podcast on the day of all days. And yeah, so there's posts everywhere about BII awareness and what women have gone through are still going through. Um, and for, for many women, you bring it up and you know, for me, my decision was so quick, but there are women who's, they never really talked about the fact that they had implants with their husbands. Um, they never told anybody. Now they are explanting and there's so much that goes with that of what will people think and all of that and having to get past that and just be like, well, this is something I did. I thought it was right for me at the time not regretting it, but a lot of women do. And then they become embarrassed and then their shame and their guilt about what you did to your body. And, you know, we did something at the time that we thought was beneficial to us that we didn't know would hurt our bodies because we never would have, if anybody had told me what I would have gone through, I never would have done it, honestly. Because if somebody had said, you're going to lose your gallbladder, your hair's going to fall out, it's going to lose its color, you won't have an immune system, you'll be at the doctors all the time, You'll be so in debt you can't see straight um, because of the money you're going to spend. Do you, do you want to do this? I'd have been like, no. Um, so there is a lot of shame and guilt in the community with women that we try to help them to overcome. Um, but yeah, there's pictures of me two weeks prior. It was a really bad day um, to, uh, when I had them when I had them in, and my face is drooping and my hair it looks all gray. Um, and that, like I said, the color is changing. The color is coming back. Um, I, I'm pale. Um, my face is swollen. My nose is swollen. And um, two months later is a picture. I had a friend of mine do pictures for me on the beach um, for the award that I was winning. I'm like, I need a photo. So um, he and his wife came out and um, took pictures for me. And there's me standing on the beach, just proud with my head up. Um, you know, and feeling great about myself, you know, knowing I have a long journey ahead of me, but knowing I did right for my body and feeling that pride in myself. That's freaking amazing. I just love all this. Mm -hmm. I just stalked your Instagram so I could find that photo and you are freaking beautiful in it. Like, thanks. It is insane. <laughs> so yeah, but that's what feeling good about yourself can do. I mean, it's pretty darn amazing when somebody who feels bad about themselves can turn it around and just by knowing, changing how they feel about themselves can, it just exudes. And I don't care who you are, it just exudes. So yeah, for me, I could be any woman in that regard because my before pictures were horrible. <laughs> so, so yeah. All right. So but, where can everybody find you and where could they, uh, you know, jump in so, your inbox to work with you? Um, absolutely. So they can find me. I have for women who are going through BII or even women who aren't going through BII, um, who want to grow in confidence. I have a group on Facebook called confidently you after BII. Um, 
And then because when I went to go find a bra and I cried because I couldn't find an A-cup bra, um, I decided to make a change and I started Pretty Lovely You, which is um, all about that itty bitty cups. So it's pretty bras, pinks and um, satin blacks and blues and um, all different styles of, of A-cup bras. And now I'm starting to bring in B-cups because they are a part of the itty bitties as well. And, um, and I also have a lot of bralettes. And so that's at prettylovelyyou.com just like it sounds. And, um, and then Instagram, it's at pretty lovely you. So, and I would love it for anybody to message me. Um, and on Facebook, it's Denise Pesky, you know, feel free to reach out and message me. So I'm, I'm happy to chat with, with anybody who, um, regarding confidence or their BII journey or anything like that, it, just to chat and see if there's any, you know, not, necessarily if I can help, but I'd love to, but sometimes all it takes is talking to someone to feel better. That's so true. Mm -hmm. Like we're so, already in isolation enough in our life. Like we don't, especially in 2020 and like 2021, it's still going on. Like we, we just need to reach out and talk. Yeah. And you know, having a tribe of people who get you, um, makes it so much better. So, you know, if I'm the first step in in somebody's tribe, that's great. But I also, oh, I started um, an eight-week coaching program for women. That was one of the things when I gave that speech and I said that I wanted to help other women. So the other way is that I've started an eight-week coaching program um, so that it's a group program. It's going to start March 2nd once a week. Um, and um, it's, I, I, I just love it. Like I've put it together and it's my whole heart. I've been working on it for so long. And I think I couldn't put it out before because I had to come to a point in my journey where I felt I was ready for it. And I was ready to actually um, share my knowledge with everybody. And so I think it's pretty amazing. But um, so definitely reach out to me in any way um, if they want to go through you to find me, if they can't find me. Um, but I would love to, um, talk to any women who would like to be part of that program. And I'll have all her links in the, uh, show notes, words, guys, words, they're hard. Uh, <laughs> I'll have her links in the show notes as always. So you guys can go check her out and see how awesome she is and stalk her on the social medias. Like I did. <laughs> and it's been so awesome to have you on here. I think like people are going to just listen to this episode and just fall in love with you because even though like I just met you, like, oh my God, you're going to be my new best friend. Just so you know. Yeah. And you know, back at you, I think what you're doing is pretty amazing. So I've listened to your podcasts and I just love them. And I think they really resonate with women and they're, you're going to inspire so many women to do amazing things because it makes us realize that we're not alone. So I love when on your podcast, when you start to talk about anxiety and all the, all the real feels of emotions. You're going to make me cry. I'm already emotional. <laughs> Hormones, guys. <laughs> all right. Anyways. Ooh, all right. Well, I'm going to let you get back to your thing and inspiring people. And guys, like I said, her information's in the show notes. Leave us a review. Let us know what you think and get in contact with her because she's an amazing woman and you need her in your circle. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. For more bomb-ass content, follow me on Instagram at First Steps to Sanity or leave me a review and let me know what your favorite part was. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Bye.